the Sportsy Show. Uh, welcome to the Sportsy Show. I'm your host, Chuck Banner, and we are back for Championship Chatter with the Commissioner, Volume 2, Week 3 Edition. So, uh, I have with me my friend from the League of Enthusiasm, a uh, two-time champion, and his name is Trey. Welcome, Trey. Welcome. How are you? Uh, fantastic today. Uh, I am 2-0 and in the League of Enthusiasm, and I am killing it. So, um, we'll start with, uh, with the Week 2 predi- or Predictions Recap. I went 3-2, and two, and uh, I'm pretty happy with that. Would have liked to go better than that, but, I mean, it is what it is, you know? And, uh, so I just want to talk to you, uh, real quick about your team, and how you're doing, how you're feeling about it. No, no problem. Happy to talk to you about it. All right, so uh, how do you feel about your team in League of Enthusiasm? I believe you are 2-0. and Yeah, I I, uh, I feel pretty good about the team. I think right now the only deficiency that I have with my group is the tight end slot, and that's with Hunter Henry going down and kind of getting stuck with O.J. Howard, who hasn't really produced it all this year. It's been kind of rough in that sense, but uh, I think my wide receiving core is probably best in the league. I mean, I have two studs today, my wide receivers, and I've got some really good depth uh, on my bench there for the wide receiving core, and hopefully they add some more here in the waiver. Yeah, I saw you got uh, Marquise Brown. That was pretty fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that this, uh, this week turns out to be a really good one for, well, Marquise, I don't know if I'm going to start him this week, but... Uh, just in general, um, he's a nice little flyer for me later in the year, and uh, if anything happens to any of my core starters, I think that's a pretty good option for me to lean on. Yeah, uh, the only thing I'm not really a big fan of is your quarterback core, but I mean, I like Goff. I just I don't like Cousins. I think he's way too hit or miss his entire career, and that was evident uh, week one when he, what, threw 10 passes? Yeah. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I would agree with you, at least for the first two weeks. Um, I think, obviously, the, the weak point there being uh, Cousins there has never really kind of owned up to the status he was, you know, being egged up to be, especially leaving uh, the Redskins. But, you know, there's there's been times even in the last two years that he's been with the Vikings that he has shown um, that he is and can be an elite quarterback on a week-to-week basis. just depends on the matchup. He's got two great wide receivers in Thielen and Diggs. Um, in, in general, I think having, you know, Dalvin Cook healthy is also going to open up the running game for him a little bit, which is going to, you know, just in general help out the uh, passing game and the receiving game in general. So, honestly, I think he's going to rebound. I don't think he'll be Pat Mahomes, but I do think that he is going to be a mid-tier quarterback this year. And to be honest with you, Goff, We've seen Goff where he's been a top five uh, quarterback in the league before. But I think the biggest thing is just, you know, week to week, it's the same situation. And it, it really depends on how his reads go. Because that's always been his biggest issue is how he reads that defense. And he kind of leans on Sean McVay to kind of help him out a little bit. It just, you know, he's got a wide receiving core that I think that his three wide receivers are, are amongst the top in the league. You know, obviously on a fantasy standpoint, that helps him out a lot, but, you know, they spread the ball out a lot, so no one's really being kind of locked down that's going to really stop the passing game for Goff. I honestly think that, 
you know, one man goes down, one man's injured, one man gets locked down by a premier cornerback. You got Cup, you got Woods, you know, Cook is a deep threat. So I'm not too worried about it. You know, I've, I've got a, I believe I have Dalton sitting on my bench there too. And, you know, yeah. with A.J. Green, you know, not playing right now, Boyd's kind of filled in there. And, and Ross has kind of shown himself to be a really good deep threat there too. So I'm hoping that, you know, if anything happens, Dalton can kind of stand in there and just, you know, not really expecting the moon from him. But at the same point there, you can put up some fantasy points. Yeah, I think John Ross is probably the one who is like uh, benefited the most from this coaching change. It, it seemed like they they didn't know what to do with him the first couple of years in the league, and then like they even toyed around with like the idea of like maybe moving him to cornerback. And it's just like, really, you don't think that your wide receiver that you drafted what tenth overall is going to be a, a good enough? receiver that you want to just make him a defensive player like I thought that was stupid when that came out and then like now all of a sudden he looks like he could be a a beast deep threat because he's got burner speed and he can obviously catch well enough to be a wide receiver in the NFL so I, I don't I just I don't know why it took so long for him to show these flashes well, I, honestly, everything that we heard a year ago was simply that the, the coaches just did not like him. And, and honestly, like you said, the coaching change is probably the biggest thing. They actually have some confidence in him now. And uh, realistically speaking, I mean, he's kind of got thrown in the spotlight regardless of the fact that with, with A.J. Green going down, you know, it's regardless if they don't like him or not, they have to play him. Yeah, and now there's A.J. Green's come out and said that, you know, he doesn't know where the team got the six to eight weeks and that it could be longer. And so, I mean, that doesn't sound good. I mean, that that definitely hurts me in LOE. I've got A.J. Green share in the 10th round. I've just been putting in my IR spot, which really hasn't hurt me yet because I don't think I have any other guys on my team that are on IR or injured or anything like that. So um, it, it's just nice to have the idea that I'll get A.J. Green back, especially being 2-0 and my wide receiver core isn't the best, but it's not the worst in the league by far. I mean, I've got Mike Evans and Tyler Lockett as my starters, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, Evans, uh, I have him in a couple couple weeks myself, and he's been a little disappointing to a degree, obviously, with uh, the emergence of Godwin. But, you know, it's, it's all about Jameis in that, in that offense. Um, however they're going to go ahead and do is completely based on Jameis Winston. And I think that, you know, later down the stretch – be honest with you i think that he will be fine um and i think that godwin is still going to take a you know a good chunk out of um out of his receiving but to be honest with you you know he's a big guy and he's a red zone threat i mean he's built like a tight end for the most part so if you just toss something up to him on a, on a you know a jump ball he'll take it yeah i'm not afraid of mike evans uh if anything in that offense i'd be probably the most afraid of having oj howard because uh, through the last two weeks, he's just kind of looked bad, and then yeah. it's like their their better wide or their better tight end, I think, is Cameron Brait by far. You know, I, I I don't think that Cameron Brait is a better tight end. I think OJ Howard is the better tight end. Um, to be honest with you, I think honestly, what comes down to it, if you look at his targets, the targets are still there. There's been a, a large uh, disproportionate number of you know bad throws kind of thrown his way and i think that again having a guy um that's on the offense there to that is built just like him kind of takes away from some of that red zone and and, and again just also because they do have great as being you know a two-headed monster at tight end that you know you're you're going to share receiving um uh, targets there in the red zone too but 
O.J. Howard is a freak. I mean, he's built, he's fast, and honestly, his hands aren't bad. So I think that O.J. Howard is going to be a considered a top 10 tight end by the, by the time the year ends here, just because tight ends typically do not really uh, produce that well in the NFL, except for maybe a, a group of about five guys that will honestly put five-plus points up weekly. Everyone else is kind of a toss-up for either like two to six points, you know, depending on touchdown. So, um, in week three, you play Tom and uh, the Shy Style Hot Dog Heart Attacks. And Tom's name is all over my board here uh, that I have. You know, he, he's the reigning high score so far this season, uh, week one, 178 points. Um, he right now has the uh, the front runner in the MVP race, uh, Austin Eckler, four points. And he also has the front runner for the quarterback of the year race, Patrick Mahomes, five points. And I actually am picking you to win this week. And I just, I think, I think his his team is just is hit too well. And I think they're going to fall back to earth. I don't think Austin Eckler is an MVP candidate. I, I think that honestly, you know, Tom's team is definitely going to make the playoffs just simply because he has Pat Mahomes. Uh, honestly, it's just gonna it's gonna be really dependent upon how his guys like Eckler, who you know you're expecting something from, but you're not expecting that. You know, last year he came in, did some of this stuff too, and he just he couldn't be that three down back, which is why they have Justin Jackson in there. But Eckler is just such a threat out the backfield for receptions and a couple other you know just deep runs that he can make there, and that's shown in the first two weeks. So honestly, everything is clicking for his team right now, and I think that the one thing is that could regress is, is Eckler. Just honestly, if the, if the split you know turns out any different, Justin Jackson has a big game, Eckler doesn't. You know, that can go ahead and swing the, the running back uh, core for the Chargers the complete opposite different way. And to be honest with you, too, it doesn't even honestly seem like they're going to not have Gordon there. I mean, Gordon is talking like he will be there come week eight just not to go ahead and have a year lost on the contract. He wants to move. Yeah, I think I think Melvin Gordon will be back this year. I don't know exactly when he'll be back. Like Everything I hear says... Like, uh, you know, maybe week eight or um, I'm not exactly sure what week it is, but I know he has to report on like 31 days before the end of the year or else uh, he won't be able to play at all this year. And if he doesn't play, then he's not going to be eligible for, you know, the free agency, in which case uh, L.A. still might franchise tag him just so they could trade him. But... I don't know if they will or not because, like, they seem ready to kind of get past this unless they're going to be willing to come up to, like, $12 million a year, which I mean, it's only a couple million dollars. If, if if they're only a couple million dollars away, I see something getting done eventually. Well, I, honestly, I think Melvin Gordon is just being inconsiderate when it comes down to his, his value as a running back. I think he's a good running back. I wouldn't say that he's a top three running back in the league. He has shown that he can put up some stats. But again, if you look at his injury concerns and everything else that he has within his career, you've got to go ahead and start questioning whether or not you want to throw that big-time money at a guy like that. He's not going to get paid like Lev Bell. He's not going to go ahead and get paid like Zeke. So it's one of those things where the asking price from the Chargers is likely high because they don't want to get off the guy. But at the same point, too, they're not going to come to an agreement simply because Melvin Gordon is out of his mind. At least says, you know, his, his, uh, you know, his, um, 
price. Uh, well, his price, but it's 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 going to end up being his um, his god of manager, but um, blanking out of the word for uh, guy who's handling all the contract situations for him. <laughs> oh, GM. No. Or agent. No. Agent. Sorry, my bad. Uh, again, stuck at work, kind of. My mind is out in the middle of nowhere right now. So his agent is likely kind of throwing this in his ear, like, hey, you can get top money there. He, you know, his agent is going to do everything possible to get him the most money as possible. But at the same point there, the agent is fighting for himself. He's getting the cut of that. So yeah. I think um, they need to kind of cool it on that front. So uh, are you picking yourself to, to beat Tom and LOE this week? <laughs> I, You know, I am, but it's going to be close. It, it honestly depends on how that how that uh, Baltimore defense is going to look against the uh, against the um, Chiefs right now. Because if that Baltimore defense does tighten down at least more than what uh, Mahomes has faced in the first two weeks, uh, which is kind of hard to say because Jacksonville was supposed to have a top tier defense too, and they got lit up. But Baltimore also was supposed to have a top five, top eight style defense this year, and it's just going to be dependent upon are all those guys that are wide receivers to them going to go ahead and get open, uh, create separation on the route, and they have a ton of guys to do it. You know, Hardman, Robinson, Watkins, all, all, all three of those guys can go ahead and create a lot of space between the cornerbacks and the safeties. So that's my fear, but I am going to go ahead and say I'll probably end up winning this one within five points, though. It's going to be really, really close. So, who do you have picked for the other games in uh, League of Enthusiasm this week? Uh, in case you don't have in front of you or you haven't looked, it's uh, me versus Dan, and I am two and zero. Dan, I believe, is one and one. Rob versus Brad, I believe, both of them are one and one. And Nick versus uh, Sean, I believe, those guys are both zero and two. And Jordan versus Jake. Uh, I know Jordan's 0-2. I think Jake's 1-1. I'm not 100% sure. Well, let's go ahead and do this real quick. Cause I'm actually already past my lunch here, but I can probably knock this out in like four or five minutes if we want to do All right, sounds good. Yeah, just uh, run them down for me. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and start off here for my app where it's me versus Tom again. I think I'm going to pull this one out here. Probably again within five points. He's projected to win right now by four. I still think that he's going to might maybe have some issues with Eckler or Ridley and uh, possibly Sutton, who's going up against Green Bay D. So um, moving on to the anti-dentites to come get some. Um, right now, come get some is projected to win by five points, to be honest with you. I am looking at the matchup here. He's got Lamar Jackson, Phillip Rivers. He's got a pretty stacked team here. I think his one weakness here might be Peyton Barber and Flex. Um, Gallup is going to be a really good Flex option for him, but he's hurt right now. So seeing this, the only thing that the anti-dentites that might go ahead and take advantage of here is the fact that they've got Saquon Barkley and Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has a big game, or even Sonny Michelle. He's also got New England beat. So actually, I'm going to go ahead and say come get some wins this one again, probably by... Five points. This is going to be a close one, in my opinion. All right. Um, I have myself uh, slated to beat Dan. Uh, I picked myself, I believe, the first two weeks. And um, I, I I do think he's got a very good team. I think that we both have some juicy matchups this week. 
But I'm not sold on Tampa Bay's defense. Everything I've been hearing, it says Tampa Bay's defense, start them this week if you got them, start them if you can against uh, New York. I think that was with Manning in. With Jones in, we don't know. And I am not ready to say uh, Jameis Winston-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be good. and Because I've seen this before. Even with a good defense, we've seen teams just not be able to do anything. And, uh, I mean, look at the Chicago Bears. They, they have a fantastic defense, a Super Bowl caliber defense, high school offense. So I just, I'm not ready to say that Tampa Bay has a Super Bowl caliber defense. So I think I've got slightly better matchups considering I've got a couple guys going up against uh, New Jersey or New York. And uh, they're not going to be able to do anything with a third string quarterback. And then I also have you pick to beat Tom. All right, now uh, Rob versus Brad, go. All right, so this one is going to be a burn. Like it's just going to be a blowout for Rob. Um, right now, with the way the lineups look here, um, Freeman hasn't done anything this year. Breeze is out, and I don't know why he's got him starting right now at his quarterback spot. Probably why, but I mean he's got Eli Manning too, so he's hurt everywhere. He does not have a second starting quarterback, so. With Jamie Winston, James Winston starting there, I mean, he's got to reach out there, see if there's anything right now on the waiver wire. But if he doesn't, he's screwed. Regardless of the fact, you're automatically down there. Uh, Freeman hasn't done anything. Ingram looks like he might be a healthy flex, but probably not as a running back, too, this week. Cooper is going to look good. Sammy Watkins, great play. Um, but, you know, honestly, Rob is going to sit here and just kind of take this thing away. He's got Miami with uh, Dak Prescott. Kamara is going to suffer a little bit with no breeze, but. His lineup is just set for a, a beating here. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I think uh, Brad has really gotten unlucky here as of uh, last week with Drew Brees going down. He still eked out the win in uh, one of my games of the week. And I, I just, yeah, I I don't know. It's, it's going to be real hard with, you know, is Manning getting benched and, you know, now he's down to basically one quarterback. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I've got Rob winning this one. All right, the, the next matchup here is the Yetis versus the Guru. Uh, this is also one projected to be really close. <clears throat> right now, uh, quarterback play is going to, I think, really kind of depend, uh, is really going to decide this. I think the Yetis could pull this off that Trubisky has a, uh, a good game, at least producing at least 15 to 20 points, because I do like everyone right now on the Yetis team, apart from maybe Brita in the flex, just because of how much uh, the other running backs have produced in that offense for the time being here, so he might end up losing some carries there, but uh, you know, Derrick Henry's been surprising pretty much for the last eight games of his career, um, simply for the fact that he's putting up some good rushing totals and good touchdown totals too. Lev Bell versus New England is going to be really tough, but um, his wide receivers here in Julio Jones and Keenan Allen, uh, Kittle hasn't produced, but I'm expecting him to kind of bounce back here, and he's got Chicago's D. So, with that being said, Chris Carson isn't looking great, so to speak. Connor is going to suffer without Roethlisberger there. He's got, you know, Allen sitting there playing against Cynthia, which should be kind of a powder ca- uh, uh, buttercup matchup here. But I, I'm, I'm taking Yetis to win this one probably by at least 10. Yeah, I also have Nick coming back here. I mean, this is a battle of the 0-2 teams right here. This is the bottom barrel of our league. Uh Guru is a reigning defending champion, and although the curse has not struck everyone, especially Trey, 
Uh, Trey has just danced around the curse every time he's he's won a championship. He's he you had that three year window where you were in the championship three three years in a row, won it two years in a row. The only time you lost there in that window was against Third and Nazi, uh, no longer owner in the league, John Duck John. Um, he came in, got his championship, and said, "Peace the fuck out, I'm out of here." But yeah, yeah, I agree. Nick's gonna win this game. I think he's gonna win handedly. Um, his team just looks better on paper. I, I would agree. This this week matchups they they are gonna favor Yeti. And then last but not least, the last matchup of the week, zero uh, and two, flop versus uh, the Weapon X Project, Jake. So I'm looking at this right now, and I honestly. I have to go with Flop. Um, everything's looking his way this week. Uh, Russell Wilson versus New Orleans, I think, is actually going to be a fairly decent game. I, I don't think Russ is going to put up 30 points, but at least put up 20. Brady versus the Jets should also be kind of a more of a blowout. Obviously, it's projected to be a blowout game, but I think Brady is going to do everything possible to go ahead and just kind of show up some of the uh, neighboring New York fans here. So I, I'm projecting Brady to have over 30 points this week. Um, David Johnson against Carolina, I think, is a really good game for him. He's been pretty decent this year, not, not like to where he was two or three years ago, but I still think he's going to be a really good uh, play this week. Damian Williams, if he plays, could be decent, because especially if you know if they're up by, by a bit and, say, Baltimore ends up getting kind of just destroyed here, they're going to run a little bit, and, you know, McCoy's hurt too. So if Williams is the play here, Williams should end up eating quite a bit here. He's also got decent hands out of the backfield. Uh, Schuster is going to be down a little bit with Roethlisberger out, but to be honest with you, Mason Rudolph looked pretty decent for the remaining portion of the game that he was in there. And, you know, John Ross has been phenomenal all year. Uh, Njoku got hit pretty bad. I think he had a concussion uh, during the last game. So I, I honestly think that AP versus Chicago is a little rough just because of the Chicago defense, but... I'm looking at everything here, and just with the matchups that the Weapon X Project has going against them, uh, Green Bay versus Denver D. He's got Philip Lindsay against Green Bay's D. Um, his one thing, he's got Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey could run just crazy all over Baltimore if he wanted to. And Garoppolo, I think, is going to kind of start to die down a little bit here. I think the first two weeks are a little bit of a fluke when it comes down to his production. So Cam Newton's hurt. I, I'm taking flop here by probably, again, 10 or 15 points. So I think this is like our only other um, difference in the games this week. I'm actually going to take Jake, but a lot of this is going to rest on the, the shoulder and ankle of Cam Newton because he's got Cam Newton and he's got DJ Moore going. And if Cam Newton doesn't do well, he could be fucked. I think Jimmy G is actually going to have another great week because I think Pittsburgh is going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. They'll do good against uh, Miami when they play them in week eight or nine. And, you know, they could potentially beat the Jets here while the Jets are doing bad. But I don't know if they play the Jets before week five. And when week five, we're, you know, they're supposed to get Sam Darnold back. So the Jets might be back on track then, but their season might be shot already. Other than that, I don't know. Like, I, I, there's just not many guys on Flop's team I like. Like, over AP, I'd rather start Carlos Hyde. I think Carlos Hyde is—he's been getting fed the rock in fucking Houston, and so I just don't know why he would start him over AP, a guy who was a healthy scratch week one. That just kind of like—that's a head scratcher for me. 
Honestly, I think that's a coaching decision on that one. I, I think there's been talk there that, you know, um, Gruden doesn't like him all that much, but ownership does, which is why they keep him on the team. But, I mean, he produced. He put up nine points uh, last week. And, honestly, I think that AP is probably going to be a decent play moving forward. But I also agree that, that Hyde might be a better start this week, um, just especially with the defenses that they're, they're facing. And he's going to probably need to put Kyle Rudolph in there, too, because I don't think Njoku's going to play. That was a fucking nasty hit. I And Njoku yeah. just hasn't looked good anyhow. So, I mean, on top of not looking good and then, and then a, a really bad hit where he was in concussion protocol, who knows if he's out of it yet. I, I just don't know. I, I would agree on that one. And even then, Rudolph is kind of a risky play in general. He just does not put up fantasy points. He hasn't in the last two years. And it's been rough. Yeah, and I don't know if that's on Kirk Cousins because he's just not targeting tight ends. But I think it's, it's just mostly just terrible. Kirk Kirk Cousins isn't good, and so I think that's a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is an okay game manager, and that's not necessarily what the Minnesota Vikings need. They could have gotten this from Case Keenum at a fraction of the price. Honestly, I'm looking at when I see a guy like Cousin, where I look at the same way that I look at him like Trubisky, where if they're down and they need to start throwing in their own leash, they can go right. They have decent arms. I think their wide receiving cores go ahead and open up enough for them late in the game. I don't know if I would necessarily say that Cousins is clutched to any degree, but I mean, he did have that one big game where the, you know, the Vikings pulled off that miracle um, the year before. And it's one of those things where, you know, you can't necessarily count them out, but that defense kind of keeps games close. And I think that when that happens, they start to run the ball, especially with Dobbin Coach Healthy. They're going to run, and that kind of limits them. And I think they're honestly trying to take a safer play with Kirk Cousins, too. So with that being said, if the Vikings are down by a score, I think he's a decent play. It just, they don't go down all that often to the point where they need to go ahead and unleash him. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Like uh, comparing the Bears and Minnesota, there, um, I think the Bears have a, a much better defense, and that's I think about it. Uh, I I think I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky, just because he's younger, and he offers the upside of the running. Um, but yeah. his his downfield vision is so bad that it's it's mind-boggling that he doesn't see these players that are open. I mean... You know, I, I so let me offer a counterpoint there, and I, I do think that Trubisky has read issues, without a doubt. I, I, I've seen that. I'm a big Trubisky supporter. I was a big color supporter when he was here, too. And uh, to be honest with you, I think Trubisky is not refined enough to the point where, like, he had some games last year that he was just crazy. But you watched him, too. He had some really bad games where three-quarters of the game, he would just look atrocious, and then the fourth quarter would come around, and he's throwing, you know, a perfect 158.3 rating. He's putting up two or three touchdowns and 200 yards. And it's because, you know, if they're in a pinch, and he actually starts to go ahead and say, you know, I'm going to go ahead and watch this thing downfield, he just checked out. He just he, he likes to check down. He's, he's got his first read. If it's not there, he checks down or he runs. And that's not necessarily good to have as an NFL quarterback. But luckily, the only thing is the defense is going to keep them in games. He is going to be, you know, in a situation where they're going to be in good field position. That will work. They'll keep them in games. But if that defense regresses at all, Trubisky is in trouble. But I think Trubisky 
is young. He can learn. He's not taking as much of the cap hit that Cousins is on that team. And I think that's also hurt the Vikings more than anything else. Is they paid that guy a massive amount of money, and he's just been average. Yeah, the good thing is it was only a three-year contract, so they're able to get out after next year. So that's the good thing for Minnesota, at least with all that money that they're dumping on them. And uh, they can just get out from underneath it and be like, yeah, uh, this just didn't work. There's no way I think they resign him. Well, I, it's, I, I wouldn't say that. To be honest with you, if you look at the quarterbacks that are in the league right now, who would you rather have that's going to be a free agent next year in the league? Well, You're there... going to want a guy like Cousins who's actually tested, proven. He's won big games for you, but he's also been kind of lackluster with the money that you paid him. He might take a pay cut. He might have to take a pay cut. Whether or not he wants to stay with that team, I mean, his, his agent's probably going to tell him no. He's probably got a decent free agent, you know, um, you know, uh, pull come next year if he does have the free agency. There's a lot of teams that are going to be hurting for quarterbacks, and they're going to be looking for a veteran guy, especially someone like Kirk Cousins, who's going to be better than Fitzpatrick at 40 next year. And to be honest with you, if you're going to go ahead and pay a guy $20 million a year, I think that's the going rate right now for a guy like Cousins is about 20 uh, with the production that he's provided and the fact that he's not going to go ahead and lose you games. He's going to keep you in games. He just might not win you every game. Yeah, I, I'd rather take a, a quarterback in the draft and see what happens with that because I, I believe they have him through 2020, so I think he hits free agency in 2021. Um, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I think he's got another year on that contract. Let's be honest with you. Even if you do draft a rookie quarterback, Starting a rookie quarterback is never ideal. So I think that even if they put him in for the next two years and they do draft the guy next year and they have him just kind of sit on him, that's fine. I just honestly believe that Kirk Cousins has a much better option, um, or the Kirk Cousins is a better option than most of what you're going to find on a free agency next year if he is truly going to be a free agent next year, which I don't believe he is. I believe it's the year after yeah, I think they could go out and they could they could get uh, Josh Rosen for like a fifth round pick or something like that. And not, I'm not saying that that's like a great thing, but Josh Rosen's been set up for failure the this year and last year in the NFL, and it, that would be a great landing spot for him, someplace where he can hand the ball off. They got a pretty good defense. He's got receivers. And and if they go out and they make a trade for him, then he's he's the guy. Once well, Cousins, sure, is I just wouldn't start him. I would keep him under Cousins for a while. If you're going to go ahead and groom a guy, I think that Rosen is a good pick to groom. But to start, no. Yeah, I, I don't understand what Miami's doing. But uh, I'll let you get back to your work and yeah. uh, and whatnot. I've kept, I've kept you a little bit longer than I needed to here, or at least than your lunch hour allowed for. But, uh, yeah, this episode should be up later today, so you'll be able to listen to it later. All right, perfect. I will talk to you later. All right, sounds good, Trey. It's good talking to you. Yeah. See ya. Bye. All right, so I'm going to run down my uh, games of the week for week two. That was me and Rob and Sean versus Brad. Now, the reason I picked these is because they went down to the wire um me versus rob it was more or less it was uh it was a high score for week two so i wanted to to talk about that uh i put up 137 points not nearly as much as tom put up in week one but i digress 
And Sean versus Brad. Now, that was actually the, the game of the week because Sean had a pretty decent lead. I think like a 23-point lead or no, like a 21-point lead coming into that game. And then Brad has Odell go off for 22 points or so. So Brad ends up coming back and getting the win right there and just kind of proving the curse is real. And Sean was the low scorer of the week with 91 points. Not as low as Jake's week one, 53, though. And we briefly touched upon the MVP race in first place for as of week two. Um, going into week three is Austin Eckler with four points on Tom's Shy Style Hot Dog Heart Attacks. Then in second place, Delvin Cook with three points on Rob Zombies. And then eight players are tied with two points in third. Quarterback of the year race, we have... Uh, Patrick Mahomes with five points on the Shy Style Hot Dog Heart Attacks Tom's team. Then in second place, Lamar Jackson with four points on Dan's team. Come get some. And then in third place, Dak Prescott with four points on Rob Zombies. Uh, the reason why they're in third and second and third with four points each is Lamar Jackson has 69 fantasy points on the season and Dak Prescott has 66 fantasy points on the season. And we already ran down their predictions for Week 3 League of Enthusiasm. And after a quick break, we will move on to the Dynasty League portion of the program. Alright, welcome back to... The Sportsy Show, uh, part two of the podcast. This is the Dynasty League portion. If you do not want to know about the Dynasty League, then you can turn this podcast the fuck off. Talking to you, Dan. Yeah, you might want to stop listening now. So, All right, so uh, let's go down through the results of week two. For the Dynasty League. Now's your time to brag, Al. Oh, I'm waiting to hear back from Ryan, see if uh, he's going to accept this trade offer or not. All right, so I would say the game of the week of week two was the Little Jerry's versus uh, Little Lebowski Urban Achievers, and Ryan had Odell Beckham Jr. give him a crazy win. With the comeback, he was down like 14 or 15 points going to that game. Fucking uh, douchebag. Uh, it was pretty exciting, though. It was a, a well-done play by Odell or mostly bad defense by the Jets. Yeah, I would say uh, both a little. I don't know. I think uh, the way um, John lost, that was pretty crazy, too, with, what, two minutes left and Julio got a screen on fourth and three and fucking took it to the house. Oh, yeah. He took it to the house. Yeah, so Trey ended up getting the comeback win against Sean. Uh, the Gotham City Rogue picked up the victory over Rob and the Fug-Offs. Highway to Tua picked up the big L against uh, your team, the Never Nudes. Yeah. And Shiloh Style Hot Dog Heart Attacks doubled up on Zach's Green Bastards. Does he get two wins for that because he would have beat him twice? No, no, but it only still counts as one win. Okay. And the waiver wire pickups for 
going into week three, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. We'll call it that. So there was a couple of waiver wire pickups, but the biggest ones were Ryan shelling out $55 for Mason Rudolph, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is why I'm kind of surprised that he didn't already have him on his team, on his practice squad or something. Because so, he already had Big Ben, and uh, he only had two quarterbacks coming out of the offseason. So. Yeah, Ryan's not very smart. Ooh, taking shots. Yeah, yeah. Suck it. Um, and Sean shelling out a whopping $31 for the rental of the week. Uh, what is that, Demarcus Robinson? Yeah. Demarcus Robinson, wide receiver, Kansas City Chiefs. Last week during the game, I kept seeing his name like in the box scores, and it just says D. Robinson, and I kept thinking of Denard Robinson from fucking Michigan. That would have been way cooler if that was the case. Well, it was not the case. All right. Now we will get to the trades. There were some blockbuster trades over the last 24 hours in uh, the Dynasty League world. Uh, Right after week two ended... Teams that were 0-2 just started selling out. And by selling out, I'm talking changing their team name from Highway to Bell to Highway to Tua. Mark is in full-out fucking tank mode. He's uh, he's trusting the process. And uh, I commend him for doing what he's doing. He has five first-round picks next year in a draft that... Uh, everyone has a giant mega boner over. Um, I'm surprised this many picks from the you know in the first round have been traded traded for next year, given uh, you know what everyone thinks of the the draft class coming up. So, so this is how this ended up going down. All right, I'm gonna break it down for you, Barney style. Um, the first trade happened Tuesday. Uh. 3.26 p.m. Central Time. Tom's shy style hot dog heart attacks. And Trey's Johnson's out for Harambe uh, made a big trade. Tom gave up Marcus Mariota, Adrian Peterson, and the New England Patriots defense. A defense was traded. Not one, but two. Because Trey gave up Julio Jones and the Los Angeles Chargers. And a third round pick in 2021. Um, what would you say, uh, to that trade? Um, makes a lot of sense for, for Tom to do that. Uh, Mariota's not exactly like good. Good. Well, okay. However you want to put it, he's not a a long-term piece, we'll say. Um, so to be able to turn that into Julio Jones for this season, uh, not a bad move. All right, so then the next trade happened a mere, like, 20 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Um, Sean, the guru, traded with Highway to Tua Mark. Sean gave up Tariq Cohen, Michael Gallup, and a 2020 first-round draft pick from Fuggoffs, Rob. And Mark gave up Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. Uh, I feel like that was a lot for... uh 
for Sean to pay mostly the the first round pick. Um, given Le'Veon's uh, contract age and uh, being a Jet, I don't think he has as much value as what his name typically uh, would have. So honestly, if he did Cohen and Gallup for Le'Veon, if that ended up being a trade, I wouldn't have really bat batted an eye or anything. Um, so the fact that the first round pick and Devontae Freeman were added, who Devontae Freeman hasn't really done much at all from what I remember seeing. Um, I don't know. I think it's a steal for Mark. It's He's picking a direction and he's looking for the future. So I think he definitely won that trade. And the next trade happened a couple hours later between myself, the little Jerry's and Tom shy style, hot dog, heart attacks, uh, I gave up Matt Ryan for Matthew Stafford and a 2020 second round pick from Tom. Uh, it's not bad. I get what you're doing with uh, getting just a cheaper, cheaper player. Um, and Tom's team is obviously doing very well. So that second round picks like looks like it'll be uh, a lower one this next year. But if it's as good of a draft as everyone says, that could be a pretty valuable pick. Um, you know, Tom did a good job again of making this team a little bit better. Um, you know, it's going to hurt a little bit of long-term flexibility, not having a pick and paying more for Matt Ryan, which how much is he now? He is 66 this year, which puts him at a 73 next year. Yeah, that's pretty steep for Matt Ryan, but given what Tom's done, I'm assuming he's going to cut him after the year or trade him to someone to get something. Um, you know, I I think most likely scenario it's he's going to cut him and just get him for – 20 bucks cheaper or something like that unless for some reason matt ryan has another mvp type season and then the next pick after that was uh about an hour later between sean the guru and myself the little jerry's sean gave up Devonte freeman and robert woods and i gave up antonio brown in the 2020 second round pick from tom um it really comes down to the legal status of Antonio Brown. The winner of that is if he's still on the Patriots and not suspended, then I think um I think Sean wins that one. But with all the you know, Antonio Brown just seems like a head case and his future is cloudy to say the least. Um so you very well could have just gotten stuff for essentially a second round pick. I'm hoping that I was able to buy extremely low on Devontae Freeman and that he bounces back. I'm not necessarily saying – I mean, I, I feel like I'll know in a week or two if – it might be a couple more weeks. So, like, I'll know if he's washed or not, but he kind of looked like it so far. I'm hoping that he's not and that he can bounce right back. He's still young enough to do good. And if he does bounce back, I mean, hey, I'm I'm right back in it. And I picked up a second running back to hopefully help me out until fucking Darius Geis gets healthy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, Robert Woods is a solid receiver and he's better valued than the, the second round picker given up. And Devontae Freeman, it's I guess you're almost saying his success is going to um, kind of tell you how your team's going to go, whether to push for this year or to kind of kind of look for the future. Because if obviously if, if he hits and does plays like he has in the past, then 
you know, you're you're going to be winning games and, and pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, if he stuff. hits, I'm a, I'm a playoff contender. Yeah. So I guess, you know, it's for sure, you know, a, a solid deal for you. And it's you know. a swing. In, it's a swing in the dark. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking a chance. Mm-hmm. I threw a lot of trades out there for running backs. That's the one that hit. Uh, and then last but not least so far, uh, Ryan's Little Lebowski Urban Retrievers and Mark Siwetatua made a trade, a big one. Ryan gave up the injured for the season Big Ben, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, 2020 first round pick from me, a 2021 third round pick from himself. Mark gave up Carson Wentz, Ito Smith, and Stephon Diggs. How would you rank those three receivers? Um, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, Allen Robinson. Okay. Because after I saw it, I forgot about the, the Diggs aspect of it. And it just seems weird that... Because um, I, I think that they're kind of... I just hate Mitchell Trubisky. Oh yeah, yeah, and he can't he can't like make good reads. I actually so, hate like, all of these when, quarterbacks. When Allen Robinson's wide open, he can't even be guaranteed to get fed the ball. I like all three of these receivers, and I don't like any of their quarterbacks. So I just think it's kind of weird. Like makes it's, sense. It's not that they're garbage, but like it is kind of just throwing stuff back and forth, and then obviously the first round pick and Carson once getting swapped. So like. It just seems like a weird set of wide receiver shakeup, I guess. Um, you know, obviously they're all really good players and stuff. It's just, I guess, you know, they you know they value each other's receivers more than some of the other ones. So it's just kind of a weird, a weird situation to me. All right, so now we'll be moving on to the rookie segment of the podcast show here. Uh, top five rookies for week two. Uh, I forget what this dude's name is. Joey Slay, I think. Kicker, sixteen oh, points. Yeah. That was pretty ridiculous. And yeah, he's number one. Um, number two is uh, a familiar face. I guess not familiar from week one, but Gardner Gardner Minshew. I guess yeah, he was from week one, maybe. Maybe he wasn't. I'm not too sure. I don't remember. Um, He was their quarterback, 15.6 points. And then number three, Kyler Murray, quarterback, 15.4 yeah. points. Uh, number four, Debo Samuel, Samuel uh, wide receiver, 15.4 points. And then uh, number five, another kicker, uh, Siebert. I think it's Al Siebert, but I just wrote initials. So A, Siebert, kicker, 13 points, I believe he's with the Browns. And then the that was for week two specifically. Top five rookies overall from weeks one and two combined. Number one. The number one pick overall in the draft. It's Kyler Murray, and it's not David Montgomery like you said I should take, Sean. And he's got 36.7 points total on the year. Number two, the third, the, the second pick in the third round, Marquise Brown, wide receiver. 35.6 points. Number three, the second pick overall, 
Josh Jacobs, running back, 33.2 points. Number four, undrafted, Gardner Minshew, quarterback, 33.2 points. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But who would have guessed that Nick Foles would have gone down with a fucking, like, torn shoulder or broken collarbone, uh, like, eight plays into the game? Well, he still made the touchdown to DJ Chark, so that's cool for me. And last but not least, number five, the third pick in the third round, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver, 30.7 points. And that is your rookie breakdown for the week. And last but not least, we will get to the predictions for week three with my friend Al for the Dynasty League. Uh, First match we'll run down will be yours. The Guru versus the Never Nudes. I'm picking the Guru. He made some moves, (laughs) and I'm picking against you every fucking week. That's fine. It's and I'm like, hoping it 12, just puts I'm a little bit of nasty on your team. to win by 12, so it's not like, I don't know. No, yeah, it's not a blowout prediction-wise. It's like I have an extra running back on my team. I don't know. I'm not surprised by your pick, but obviously, so I'm, I assume obviously you're I'm picking yourself. My, I'm, I'm obviously going to pick myself. Like I think I'm going to win every fucking game, so... All right, so then we'll go to uh, my game versus Jake. Uh, I don't know. I think this is actually kind of a crapshoot. Like, if my team shells out, we can put up points. Uh, I'm going to start Terry McLaren. The guy is obviously a number one on his team and a number one in our hearts. So uh, I got to start him, number five rookie overall. Um, Jake's quarterbacks are very questionable because uh i believe cam newton hasn't been at practice yeah they they've been pretty much predicting him to not start everywhere i've been hearing and uh his backup flacco is at green bay so it's not like it's the greatest of matchups um no yeah i definitely like my quarterbacks uh in that situation better i like Derek carr not much better but i like Derek carr and i uh i like stafford Ooh. The newly acquired Matthew Stafford. I'm going to make it come down to, I, yeah, I'll take you solely on uh, you have the Vikings defense versus uh, Oakland compared to he's got the Cleveland Browns against the Rams. I so. actually also have uh, San Francisco versus Pittsburgh. Which, yeah, I don't know. Mason Rudolph looked solid and i think that offense it's it, the system works so well that it's not gonna be atrocious i think they'll be able to move the ball at least though so yeah it all depends on who you think can move the ball better like i don't know whether or not to start minnesota or san francisco um i don't know i think minnesota is pretty good and then we'll we'll move to well yeah i picked jake to win sorry on that uh i it's toss up. You don't think you can win? I'm just betting against myself. I I think I can win. It's you're, just uh, I'm, you're projected I'm, to lose by 20, which is another. That's a top three quarterback difference. Yeah, that's just the projections also have Terry McLaurin to get like one to, point. I think it, it's at three right now, but I would put him closer to like seven. Like I think that's a pretty fair 
decent. Number. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Like, if for him to get 70 yards makes sense. No touchdowns. Yeah. They've targeted him enough to where it makes sense. He's averaging 15 points a game so far. So I would say seven doesn't isn't that's double what his projection is right now. Um, yeah, no, it's he he's looked really good. I just don't know, you know, he's played two games. It's not that he's coming out of nowhere, but like after four or five weeks, if he keeps doing it, then yeah. We're going to be projecting him to score closer to 10 points or 11 points or something like that. But if uh, I kind of hope Washington puts up points but loses because I just want Dwayne Haskins to come in sooner as opposed to later so we can just start. Well, they are playing the Bears as well. Seeing what's going to happen. Yeah, that's why I think it's going to I think it's going to be a couple more weeks, which I'm surprised you're not going James White. Uh, I mean, it it hasn't I I haven't completely like i'm not done yet like i could put in james white i i don't know i'm just saying it's possible because you are going three receivers so yeah i don't know i don't know i I feel like with what i have at running back since i don't have such dominating running backs it makes sense to throw in a guy that can go one catch for 70 yards for a touchdown yeah i would i would normally agree with that logic especially in a flex spot and everything but especially considering i'm not the favorite to win the match i need well i think that the fact that they are going against the bears and their defense that the likelihood of him breaking one and having the monster game is much less likely. And I think a bigger game, I guess there's more of a ceiling on his, uh, on his game. Like if he has 16 points, I'd say that's incredible. Like I don't think that there's even a chance for him to get like 25 plus or something like that. But with, um, James white, just because of that Patriot offense, I think there's a chance that, he happens to be in and the ball goes his way for you know two touchdowns like just no most definitely there's i guess there's a greater chance uh there's a higher percentage chance that mclaurin has the team's touchdown but there's just going to be less of them that i would rather take the chance of um you know the team that's probably gonna be scoring more because like the jets are terrible and i feel like belichick's gonna be a dick about it yeah I agree. Um, I just don't know. Cause is CJ Mosley still hurt? Cause I don't know. Do like do do I start James White over Devontae Freeman and just so we just wait one more week and go? I I want to see it once before I trust him back in because James White's been putting up better games. I would go three running backs because I just think, for one, going three running backs is a smarter move because they have a higher workload. Even with James White, like, he might get, you know, most of his touches might be catches and stuff, but I think he's just going to get more touches than Terry McLaurin's going to do. Obviously, the touches McLaurin's going to get are going to be bigger plays down the field and stuff, so he'll be getting, you know, more points per touch, but it's the Patriots offense versus a a Case Keenum offense against the Bears defense. Like, no, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. So, and like Robert Wood should be good, and Fitzgerald's been playing awesome. So, I don't know. Personally, I would I would be going James White. So, I guess the idea right now is just do I go James White over 
Because I don't know. I, I feel like I want to start McLaren, but I understand it's easier to just be like, hey, I'm going to put this guy on the bench. If he goes off again for another huge game, then it's almost like, all right, that's three games in a row. You can't bench him ever again. It kind of sucks for you, though, too, because all three of those running backs play at noon, so it's not like um, you can adjust your pick depending on, like, if you need a bunch of points or you want to, like, ensure you get six points or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I, I would still pick you, I guess. You have a, more than a shot, but that's mostly just because of Jake's quarterback situation. Rock on. All right, so uh, next is the Urban Achievers versus the Hot Dog Heart Attacks. Ryan versus Tom. I have Tom to win just because, like, I can't pick against this guy because the way his team is built. He just acquired julio jones and he's a reigning defending champion like i feel like he's the favorite to win again and i I just can't pick against him i don't want to pick tom but until someone scores more points than me or tom i'm gonna pick tom so Then we have Zach versus Mark, the highway to Tua versus the Green Bastards. I picked uh, Zach to win this, uh, mostly because I think Mark's only going to be starting one quarterback. Yeah, his um, he's really jumping full into this uh, this rebuild, and that's awesome. Like I'm, I w- I actually talked to Zach the other day about it. I'm like, you know, no one's going for the rebuild no one's selling things off like if you're the first to do it you're going to be able to kind of name your price almost because if other team if there's going to be nine other teams trying to win a championship this year it's them bidding against each other to see who's going to be getting better so like but fucking mark figured it out as well and he was the first to it and he has five first round picks now next year like that's fucking ridiculous yeah it's crazy So, who are you taking to win? Oh, Zach. He, yeah. Zach is projected to beat him by 22, and he's not getting any points from Breeze. Like, he still needs to change to put Josh Allen there to be projected to win by 40 then. Yeah. Uh, And then last but not least, we have Fug-Offs versus Johnson's out for Harambe. Uh, Rob versus Trey. I have Rob to win here. And I think it's just because he's got a couple of really juicy matchups. Um, I'm picking Rob because of his quarterbacks. I would. I'm not a big golf person, but um, I like golf more than either one of his quarterbacks, and I really like Russell Wilson because I think everyone does, and he's really good. So, um, you know the the rest of the teams are relatively equal like you know he's got zeke david johnson should be good who really knows if he's gonna be good but um i don't know it's it'll it's close but i just i guess trust uh rap quarterbacks more thought you were gonna say the process again oh i also trust the process so <laughs> all right so uh you got anything else to add i don't know mark's talking team like I'm just kind of impressed that that he pulling off all these moves and shit. Like 
he uh he saw an opportunity and he took advantage of it and um i just think it's i'm just very intrigued of what he's gonna end up doing like clearly he's going after tua considering he just changed his name highway to tua (laughs) um and i don't i haven't seen any like i don't didn't watch any college football or anything like i don't even know if tua's like played well like obviously he's been really good before but like when someone's hyped this much like there's always the the times where like oh yeah they actually kind of played shitty and like they're maybe not like a home run number one overall pick guy per you know anymore but i don't know i was just interested to see if he's actually good and um yeah i'm just wondering what he's gonna do with all five of those picks like i'd have to imagine he's gonna be going quarterback heavy um you know, to, uh, I believe, Justin Herbert. I think there's another guy who's projected to go, like, top 10 in the NFL draft. So if he can get at least two, if not three, with those picks, um, the running backs are supposed to be good this year. The You know, there's a couple stud receivers out there. So, like, what, two quarterbacks, two running backs, and a receiver or something like that, he ends up with the five picks. Like, I would also have to assume he's going to be being aggressive to just say, I want to have the first four picks in the draft or something like ridiculous like that. Like his should be pretty high considering he's full out tanking and stuff. And um, I don't know who, who are the other picks that he even owns? I have no idea. Um, I want to see if they're going to end up being pretty good. I, Cause I want to say one of them's Tom's. I know it's not Sean or mine. Cause those are the ones I have. Yeah. He's got his Tom's Ryan's Rob's and yours. It could end up being, like, he has, like, every other pick in the first round. Because I think, like, his should definitely be... Number one. For sure, number one at this point if he's going to be tanking. Like, he's in control of that. Um, Tom's is going to be towards the end of the draft, most likely. I think Ryan will be a playoff team, and then I think you and Rob are going to be somewhere just outside the playoffs. So, it can be, yeah, like, one, three, four, eight, and nine. Because, obviously, my pick's going to be ten, so... Oh, really? Yeah. So if anyone wants a 10th pick for something this year, it's out there. Yeah, I'll take it. Um, Yeah, you don't have anything, though. <laughs> I got plenty. Of I picks. just think it's funny, though, too, because Mark's the one to blow it up. And, like, I sent out that thing in the group text of, like, everyone's record versus everybody. And Mark had the third best. And he was only one of three with a winning record. Like, Ryan's 9-9, nine and nine, and that's good for fourth place. Like, it's just been... A weird start of the season, I guess. Zach at two at sixteen does not look good, which is funny because that would obviously be like the biggest threat to be like the number one pick. But then Mark's like, "Oh, we play this week. Fuck that! I'm gonna sweep under you. You're gonna get this win this week." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I'm gonna keep track of this all year and keep sending it to you guys, and hopefully it's in my favor so you guys all get mad. All right, well, with that, uh, fuck off. I got work to do. Nice.